Hello everyone, welcome to episode 5 of the Get Connected podcast. Thank you for tuning in. How are you? I feel for you in this hard time of the year. Whether you are recently back to school for the new year or battling the winter and teaching challenges during this world pandemic, whatever situation you are experiencing right now, I hope you are going easy on yourself. We realise teaching is as challenging as it is rewarding. Building your supportive community through mentoring, sharing experiences, taking care of your well-being and getting connected is what this podcast is all about. I'm your host, Catherine Williams, with 30 years of experience in the classroom. I'm here to give you support and get you connected because together we are stronger. So this is part two with another five teacher tips, thoughts and ideas following on from our last episode. If you missed the first five, you can head back and catch up. I'm being realistic here. There are endless ideas and advice for getting yourself organised for school, the classroom and in life. While I have only chosen a few areas, you can of course easily research and explore this topic further. Number one, get organised. You've heard the sayings, why put off until tomorrow what you can do today? A minute spent organising is an hour earned. Being organised means having what you need to successfully conduct learning activities and maintain some sort of order. I'm not talking about those out-of-our-control glitches that occur, such as technology not cooperating or being called to a last-minute meeting. Being organised can help you to have the flexibility, put in contingency plans and work around the unexpected. It is also thinking about ways to save your future self. Every single day, you make hundreds of decisions. What to wear, what to eat, what to watch, which podcast episode to play, which shoe to put on first. Many of these decisions seem to be automatic, but... That's because you have created habits and routines. Being organised and establishing habits and routines serve each other. So what kind of routines can you establish to assist your organisation? Why not start at home? Firstly, I don't want to get up in the morning and waste time and energy deciding what to wear. I live in a climate where the conditions can be very different from the previous day. Nothing worse than being dressed for warm weather when in fact it turns cool. Check the weather forecast for the next day and organise your work outfit, including your shoes and accessories. Pack belongings in your school bag the night before and put them in a regular place with your handbag and other belongings going to school. One-stop pickup makes it easier to remember everything that needs to go with you. Before you leave the house, do a check out loud saying to yourself, bag, laptops, lunch, glasses, keys. If you are getting up earlier to go to the gym or to exercise, lay out all your gear ready. It will also encourage you to continue with this routine. When you can, meal prep on the weekend. Again, it reduces decision making. Lunches are already prepared. You don't need to decide each morning what you are going to eat. Oh, don't worry about having the same thing to eat each day. Change it up next week. Chances are, if you are running late and don't have lunch prepared, you quickly grab random snacks, 
and end up being tired and hungry by the afternoon. Having what you need for school snacks and lunches also helps you stick to better eating routines. Everything is ready to grab and go for the day. I leave my spoon or my fork beside my lunchbox to remind me in the morning to get my food out of the fridge. At school, being unprepared or unorganised causes you to rush around creating anxiety and frustration and bet your bottom dollar things don't go according to plan. Oh, you get flustered, you can't find what you're looking for and the activity is not prepared. The photocopier senses your panic to get a last minute copy. And students, yeah, don't they have that knack, like a sixth sense, picking up on your anxiety and react to your emotions? Classroom management and learning is compromised. And kiss your Saturday goodbye. Have you organised how you want students to come into the classroom? Depending on your school's procedures, first thing in the morning, after they unpack their belongings, get students to line up outside the classroom with you. Check that they have what they need for the day. Run through the list before they even step through the door. Lunch orders, books, fruit break, drink bottle, pencil case and so forth. When they come in, where do they put their belongings? Do they sit at their desk or come to the floor? Organise classroom routines. For example, transitions between lessons, distribution of work materials, notes, student workbooks, lesson warm-ups and class meetings. How you will organise student workbooks will depend on whether you have tables or desks. Keeping books in tubs as class sets allows you easy access for marking and to share out for lessons. Students could keep a document folder in their desk or their tub for all their paperwork or unfinished items. Save time checking students' work or marking by doing some of it as you go or use peer correcting for you to then come back and oversee. Just before the dismissal bell, get your class to tidy up. Often it is easier to get students to bring their bags into the classroom to pack up. You can easily see what is left behind in the locker or bag area. With students inside the classroom, it's easier to supervise and also saves you chasing after students as they race off home with bits and pieces they left in the bag area. Depending on your after-school schedule, spend a few minutes resetting your room so it's ready for the next day. Clean up, have relevant resources ready, photocopying completed and visual timetables and learning displays organised. In the morning, allow time before school to set up your digital links for the day. Check you have everything for the day's lesson and it's all within reach so you are not frantically looking for things. Try not to become too reliant on getting to school early the next day as unexpected family and traffic delays, unplanned meetings, photocopier or equipment not working can and will occur. At the end of the day, be prepared for at least tomorrow. At the end of the week, be prepared for next week. It will also save you precious weekend time. There are many strategies to assist you to get organised and you'll find what best suits you. It does require discipline, but whatever you can do ahead of time or in bulk will assist. 2. Take the best care of yourself. We know that to live our best life, taking care of our health and well-being, including mental health, 
needs to be taken very seriously. Teaching is a stressful occupation, regardless of what others may think. As humans, we are wired to deal with short moments of stress, but not continuous stress. Implementing self-care acknowledges this stress and that it needs to be treated. Nobody knows you as you do, so listen to your body. Acknowledging your needs as a person, as an educator, is never selfish. You need to nourish your physical, emotional, mental and spiritual well-being. While there are many common practices for self-care, your routine and strategies should meet your own needs. Taking a bubble bath may be part of your self-care, but not necessarily for everyone. It's important the routines and activities you use for self-care bring you ways to release stress allowing relaxation, time to recharge, ways to clear your mind, provide positivity and help you feel better about yourself. Being in a service profession, often teachers don't want to let anyone down by saying no. You have that desire to help others, but saying yes all the time leads to wearing yourself thin. Please remember overworking yourself leads to illness. Burnout is real. No matter how much you tick off your list, there will always be another task you can add to it. Know that you are enough and you are doing enough. It may sound cliche, but you cannot keep giving and giving without taking the time to fill your cup again. Always make time to distress, rest and recharge and to include the things which bring you joy. Self-care is different for everyone. A walk, workout, movie, music, crafts, creative activities, gardening, cooking, reading, travel, body care, time with family and fur babies. It is also important to ask for help. Don't isolate yourself. Reach out. Support is there. Rest. Don't compare yourself to others. Comparison is the thief of joy. We are all on a journey, heading in the same direction, except just don't visualise us all in a line. Social media provides a platform to view other people's lives. We have windows into teachers' lives, classrooms, resources, styles and organisation. The sharing and spying, collaborating and supporting is the positive side of social media. However, Take care not to fall into the comparison trap. When you compare yourself, you start feeling inadequate and inferior and nothing can be further from the truth. The beginning of the school year can be a particular time for comparing to others. There should not be any comparison because everyone has different agendas and lifestyles. Do not judge or compare, just do you. What works for you and what brings you joy. Your class is a very different cohort from everyone else's class. Remember, self-care and take time to recharge. Don't measure yourself with someone else's ruler. Celebrate your achievements and set your own goals. Take care of yourself so you can be your best and give your best. But you know what? 
there are days when we can't muster the strength to be our best. And that's okay. Start again tomorrow. 3. Be a lifelong learner. Do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better. Maya Angelou As educators, it is our responsibility to always be open to learning and growing. To be lifelong learners. It would be very irresponsible to set yourself in your classroom and stay that way year after year. Ah, before you say it, I know what you're thinking. You can recall some such teachers and that's exactly what they have done. The ones who never change and continue teaching on their island, doing things the same way year after year. Seriously, do you expect to remain the same teacher you were in your first year or even the teacher you were last year? Imagine if other professions such as engineering or medicine didn't keep learning and growing once they became engineers or doctors. What if they didn't keep up to date with the latest technology, advancement in materials, procedures, knowledge and skills? I'm not saying we should be continually changing just for the sake of it, but I do believe we should be refining our practices. Take, for example, the cohort of students you have had in previous years. No two classes are the same. You have had to modify and refine your routines and best practices in response to their different personalities and learning needs, even in response to their level of maturity. You continually find new resources or improved ways to tweak lessons for the benefit of your students. To learn and grow, there are times we need to unlearn. We need to take what we were taught in school and our upbringing and replace it with what we now know to be the accurate version. We shouldn't do things just because that was the way it's always been done. We can question what we teach and ensure its validity. On a personal level, I am on a learning and growing journey to be an anti-racist and to relearn the history of Australia from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's perspectives and to learn about and appreciate their stories and journeys and the same for Indigenous people in other lands. As educators, it is non-negotiable that we embed Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's perspectives into our teaching and learning every day. Along with our students, we are learning about the injustices faced by Indigenous and Black people and how we can be part of the change. In an age of information, ignorance is a choice. Especially with the benefit of technology, we have greater access to people's stories and to hear their perspective. Reading, listening and watching broadens our perspectives and help us to develop deeper empathy and appreciation for other people, cultures and places. You won't learn if you don't listen. Keep an open mind, keep learning and growing. Remember, when we know better, we do better. 4. Clear communication is essential. Effective communication is the key to establishing and maintaining positive partnerships with parents, families and colleagues. Communication builds trust so you can work together to support students. With the current situation in schools regarding COVID protocols, parents are not permitted on site, 
Thus, reliable and open communication with parents is even more important. Sudden lockdowns and changes to virtual or remote teaching and learning have been happening very quickly. So keeping parents well informed about the school's response is of utmost importance. I realise the next few suggestions about communication are relative in a COVID-free situation, but I'll share them so that you can file them away for future reference. As a classroom teacher, you will establish communication and develop closer working relationships with your colleagues, with the parents, family and care providers of your students, and of course, your students. Think of your connections with parents as a partnership where you are working together to support their child's development and learning. A child's academic success in school is greatly enhanced when there are strong partnerships. Make contact with your parents as early as possible in the school year. Depending on your school organisation, there could be an open house, meet the teacher evening before school starts or within the first weeks. Some schools have welcome back barbecues and schedule parent-teacher conferences early in the year as they get to know you and inform parents how their child is settling into the new class and provide the opportunity to address any issues early. I like the open door policy. Keep things transparent about what happens in your classroom. Emails are very convenient and good for messages, answering inquiries or forwarding attachments, etc. But face-to-face conversations where possible or otherwise a phone call provides clearer communication. Set your boundaries for how and when you are contactable. You may prefer parents to go through the school office, Others are okay with a direct email or using messaging features in apps such as Seesaw, Remind or Class Dojo. It is also your personal preference should you decide to have emails linked to your personal phone or to have notifications on. The easiest and most effective way to communicate with students is to talk to them. Ask them about their interests, their favourite things, how they spend their weekends, their dreams, their aspirations. Take the time to listen and show interest in who they are as an individual, not just as a student in your class. Schedule regular one-to-one time with each student to discuss the settings and progression of their academic goals, particularly in reading, writing and maths. Give daily verbal or written feedback even on digital tasks to assist students to reflect on their learning. I do go into deeper details in Season 1 episodes, connecting with other teachers, connecting with students and building strong relationships between family and school. 5. Make time for fun and play. Over my 31 years of teaching, there have been reforms in the curriculum. However, the amount of new content Even subject areas has increased without removing a substantial amount of curriculum to compensate. With a loaded curriculum and the things piling high on your plate, there are plenty of days you feel like you are battling to get through all the content. You get to the end of the day and damn, we didn't get time to finish this. We didn't even begin that. Ask any teacher what are some of the difficulties they are facing. They'll tell you, not having enough time to get through the curriculum is in the top group of answers. Teachers are placed under pressure to get through the content and for their students to produce satisfactory academic results. The students are indirectly feeling this pressure to reach graded levels in their learning. 
With the focus on producing academic results, this doesn't leave much time for spontaneous moments or non-academic learning. It is wonderful to see more and more recent research about the benefits and results of play-based learning. In my earlier experiences of teaching classes in the first years of school, there was time for dramatic play areas in the classroom, time to build fine motor and gross motor skills, time to play with craft materials, time to ready students' brains and bodies for learning. There was time for more learning through play. Then it changed with the pendulum shifting to heavy academic content. Now there are expectations for students in their first year of school to reach a benchmark reading level. This reading level goes towards determining their grades. Oh, in my opinion, I also do not agree with the A to E grading for students in their first few years of school. But I am seeing some fantastic teachers, particularly in early years classes, who are taking on play-based learning. Huge congratulations to you, particularly if your school may not be giving you the 100% support you deserve. For all teachers, no matter what class you may teach, how do you incorporate the fun back into teaching and learning? What games do you play in the classroom? Do you have singing, movement, dancing each day? Is there humour and time for laughter? Does your class have playtime, opportunities to choose their activities and lead what they are doing? Is the majority of your learning tasks worksheets? Or are they more the exploration, discovery, hands-on approach? How often do you let kids have fun being kids? Sometimes you need to be spontaneous and say, why not? Well, there you have it. I hope Well, there you have it. I hope there were several ideas which really spoke to you. Please let me know if you have any topic ideas for future podcast episodes. I'd love to hear from you. Enjoy your teaching this year. Know you are making a huge difference in many lives. Thank you. I really appreciate you being here and listening to the episode. Please show your support by subscribing to this podcast and taking a moment to leave a review and rating for the episode as this will ensure the podcast reaches a wider audience and builds our community. I am on social media at CathsClassroom05 on Instagram and CathWilliams05 on Twitter so we can continue the connection. My thanks again. Talk to you soon on the next episode of Get Connected.